0: Well, hello and welcome to the e commerce evolution podcast, where we bring you the best of what's new and what's next in e commerce. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And our mission with this show is to interview the top merchants, the top marketers, and the experts shaping the e commerce industry. This episode of the e commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify and their flagship app, Zipify Pages. Zipify Pages is an e-commerce sales funnel and landing page builder that seamlessly integrates into your Shopify store. Just start with one of a growing list of templates and then customize and go. These templates are created by my friend and 8-figure e-commerce store owner Ezra Firestone. Each template is built with proven conversion elements but also features a simple drag and drop editor. So you can truly make these pages your own, so you can customize and tweak and test and create some awesome landing pages and sales funnels. So check out all the details, sign up for the beta at zipify.com. Today's episode, episode two, features my good friend and content marketing rock star Russ Henneberry. Russ is the Editorial Director for Digital Marketer, the company behind the ever-growing, ever-popular Traffic and Conversion Summit. And Russ has worked on content marketing projects and digital marketing projects for Neil Patel and Crazy Egg, Salesforce.com, Network Solutions, and many others. Russ is also the co-author, along with Ryan Dice, of the brand new Digital Marketing for Dummies book. It just dropped online. I encourage you to check it out. And so today we dive into the topic of content marketing for e-commerce, something that a lot of merchants just plain get wrong. And I think you're going to enjoy this discussion. I think it'll be extremely refreshing for you and hopefully energize you to work on content that actually helps with conversions and actually drives sales. And the good news is you don't have to be a content churn factory. This is not about number of pieces you put out. It's about the strategy and it's about how you make this stuff work. So it's a lot of fun, lots of practical help, and I think you're really gonna enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Russ Henneberry. So my guest today is Mr. Russ Henneberry, good friend of mine, content marketing superstar. Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. How's it
1: going? Brett, thanks for having me, man. It's going good.
0: Yeah, it's it's always good when I can get together with you and talk content <laughs> and talk e commerce. It makes my day. Like this is this is fun <laughs> stuff. Totally I
1: love talking about content too, man. And I love talking e-commerce. Let's yeah, we're, do this. We're
0: speaking of content, you are kind of this freshly new author of a pretty famous sounding book. You want to talk about that for just a second?
1: <laughs> yeah. So Ryan Dice and I just uh, wrote Digital Marketing for Dummies. It's available now on Amazon for pre-sell. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's already available. Um but uh, yeah, Digital Marketing for Dummies is, uh, is uh, a nice foundational book. It's not basic um, in terms of like, hey, what's a website? And what is an e-commerce store? And those <laughs> right, kinds of right. things. But it, it, is, it is foundational, um, which is exactly how we intended it, that, that really any new strategies or tactics that come, come about in digital um, will be able to uh, work within the framework that we lay out in Digital Marketing for Dummies.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so go check it out, and I I plan on getting my signed copy here pretty pretty quickly, Russ. So
1: I want you to hook me up. <laughs> I will
0: have have for
1: you a traffic and conversion. Okay, okay, awesome.
0: And, and I just I know the I know the quality content you put out, and then Ryan Dice puts out and the whole team and digital marketer. You know, from events like traffic and conversion to just the blog and all the stuff you do. Top notch, good stuff. So, so definitely check check that book out. Uh, but before we dive into this topic and we're going to explore, you know, how to make content marketing work for e-commerce, but talk to us just a little bit, uh, Russ, how did, how did you get into this game of content marketing? Like, was, was, was this your dream since you mm-hmm. were a small boy or, or how, how did this all come about?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was either be a shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals or <laughs> yes. a content marketer. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and it turned out, you know, I wasn't cut out to, uh, I didn't have the... The cat-like reflexes to be a shortstop, so and, and well, all actually, the I fame
0: got, and all the women and stuff. It just would have been burdensome to be a shortstop. So I think that you know, content is
1: the way to go. Me and Derek Jeter, <laughs> exactly, uh, very similar people. Just you know, do different in different lines of work. That's that's but always the, what I've thought. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, uh, I, I mean, the short the short story is that I was an SEO when I when I first got started, and. Um, as SEO, uh, started to get in, you know, early 2000, 2001. Yeah. SEO was great by 2005. I had realized that, that SEO and, and it was just a subset of this idea that I hadn't even, didn't even have a name for, uh, that turned out that, uh, the guys at content marketing Institute, like Joe Polizzi and those guys came, came around and gave it a name, which is content marketing. But I started to realize that, this wasn't about like gaming search engines with title tags and you know bought backlinks and stuff like that. This was about tr- delivering truly great experiences for people on the web, and um, and so when Joe came out with a, a book, I can't even remember the name of this book. Uh, it was called Get Content, Get Customers. Nice. Uh, I read that book. Pretty simple uh, intro to content marketing. and I was like, that's me. That that I just branded myself like that's me. I'm no longer an SEO. I'm a, I'm a content marketer.
0: That's awesome. And, and, and since that time when you had that aha moment and you are now Russ Hindeberry content marketer, you've done some pretty cool stuff, man. Written for crazy egg, written for Salesforce, uh, mm. in, in, any nuggets of wisdom, any, anything you've picked up from some of those pretty formidable players in the, in the online space?
1: Well, I mean, it, what I've picked up by being involved in content strategies for for a lot of businesses some of the ones you mentioned are the ones people will know like neil patel's crazy egg software as a service company salesforce.com everybody knows that that name digital marketer a lot of a lot of people listening to this might know who ryan is and and who the digital marketing brand digital marketer brand is but in you know, all the projects that i've worked on it's it basically the the big nugget is that that you know what we're going to talk about today um, applies to really any business. I'm gonna that make sure to tailor this towards ecom so that the, the so that the examples and ideas make sense. But it doesn't matter if you're running a SaaS, B2B service company. What no matter what, selling information products, selling physical products. This is we're gonna go over the the, the foundational principles of of content marketing today, and and it applies no matter what what you're selling.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So, you know, let's let's bring this home for the online merchant. So for the e-commerce store owner, ultimately the question they're asking is how can I sell more stuff? Like that that's that's how my company thrives and that's why I exist. I need to sell more stuff. Obviously, there's more to it than that. But but every e-commerce store owner has heard content marketing until they don't want to talk about it anymore. And so right. what is the reason you give when
1: someone says
0: yeah, content marketing, but why? Like, how is it going to help me sell more stuff? Why content marketing? What's, what's the answer you give?
1: Well, I think this ties back to the misconception that, that most people have about what content marketing is in the first place. Because if I explain, you know, what is content marketing in the first place, the, the, the why of why I should be doing it becomes pretty clear. You know, the most, you know, marketers, whether they're e-commerce or physical products or uh, whether they're retail, uh, information products, service businesses, they all seem to make the same assumption about what content marketing is, and that is that it is blogging. And the truth is that a blog is certainly a very important part of any content marketing process, right? Especially anything, any digital content, process is probably, and I've really not found an, an instance where this wouldn't be the case, going to need a blog, right? But it's just a part of a greater, what I call full funnel content marketing process. And so what I mean by full funnel is that your content marketing really needs to assist at all stages of the funnel. So if we take a, just a really, really simple uh, marketing or sales funnel with just three steps, very broad steps at the top of the funnel. You have the awareness stage. Like I didn't even know that you, you existed, like your brand existed, that you sold these, these products online. I had no idea that you solved this problem. So the awareness stage at the very top of the funnel, then in the middle of the funnel, you have this evaluation stage. So anything, uh, with any sort of sales cycle. So anything that is not, uh, just, you know, I'm gonna grab a stick of gum, you know, a pack of gum off as I'm walking uh, through through the uh, checkout process at the grocery store. Anything that's not an impulse buy like that has an evaluation stage to it. So, no matter what you're selling, more than likely your your customers and prospects are going through an evaluation stage before they will buy. They're gonna check out your customers, are uh, your competitors? They're gonna check out. Uh, they're going to consider whether or not they should even uh, try to solve this problem at all at this point. Uh, they might f- uh, look for competitive solutions entirely. But there's going to be an evaluation stage in the middle of the funnel um, as they head towards conversion at the bottom of the funnel. And then at the bottom of the funnel, there's, there's the point of sale, right, where somebody is literally standing in the aisle, You know, if you if you picture it as standing in the aisle at the grocery store, scanning the different options that they have, and they're about ready to pick one of those tubes of toothpaste or cans of soup or whatever it is that they're that they've gone through the evaluation stage, they're about ready to buy, they're at the point of sale. Uh, There's content needed there. So there's content needed at all stages of the funnel from awareness to evaluation to conversion. And the big misconception that people have is, well, of course, yeah, I'm doing content marketing. We're we're writing a blog post uh, once a week or five times a week or 10 times a week or whatever they've committed to, when in reality, a full funnel content strategy that provides content that drives awareness, content that facilitates evaluation and content that drives conversion at the bottom of the funnel is really what this is all about
0: yeah, I love that approach. I love the full funnel language and thinking about people that are at you know top of the funnel, middle, bottom of the funnel. I think probably one of the misconceptions I think that that turns people off to content marketing and then makes them question, can we really do this or should we really do this is And I think it kind of came up in what you were just saying is I think a lot of e-commerce merchants think about, okay, all right, we'll do content marketing. How many blogs should I write each month, right? So then then the question they're asking themselves is, okay, how many pieces do we need to create? Well, surely that's irrelevant, right? It's more about what types of pieces do we need to create, for Mm -hmm. whom, at what stage in the buying process, and then how does that all tie together, Right.
1: Right. Well, yeah, of course. And I think I think there's a couple of different ways. And we talked about this a little before we, we hit the record button. It's great that we're getting a chance to, to share this with everyone that, you know, we run a number of different companies that that literally mimic the publisher model. Right. They publish two, three times a day um, in niches like gardening and beauty and survival uh, and, you know, men's fashion and all these different Areas they publish two, three, four, five pieces a day, almost like uh, somebody like BuzzFeed or, or Huffington Post would would do, right? Um, and and so they're they're a full on uh, publisher that sells and monetizes rather than through advertising like most publishers do. They they uh, they monetize through um, the the selling of physical products, and so there's we have an entire warehouse um, that. Um, ships, Lord knows how many, uh, items out a day now. Uh, but we shoot, we, we sell a lot of physical products using a publisher model. I think that's one way to go, right? You could go that way and say, we're going to really scale this and, and go full on with an enormous amount of awareness at the top of the funnel using a publisher model. And then, and then instead of selling advertising, sell physical products. I think the other way to go is just as uh, just as uh, effective. It's just a different way of going, um, and we can talk about the difference there if you like. But is to publish one piece, you know, one piece at the top of the funnel that really um, that really uh, speaks to um, your audience and your avatar, whoever it is that you're trying to sell to can take the place of thousands of pieces that we're creating on one of our, on one of these, uh, what we call native commerce properties. So, and, and I feel like compelled to tell you the difference. And the big difference is that on the side where we only create one piece, we have to buy that traffic, right? So we go out and we purchase that traffic to that piece, right? Because we don't have the the gravity of, a you know, dozens and dozens of, of pieces of content being added to the site uh, per week um, that brings in all that social media traffic and all that search traffic, right? We bring in tons of organic traffic on some of these sites. I mean I'm talking about millions of visits um, per month from uh, sites like Pinterest, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, depending on what the property is, and tons of traffic – From organic search. Whereas on another side, we might run a property that's selling something. We use one article and we're going to just go out and buy that traffic to that site, right? It's not a a, a, organic traffic play.
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. And I love how you kind of frame that on on both ends of the spectrum. So on the extreme content heavy end of the spectrum, you've got basically publishing companies that they're kicking out blogs left and right. And so the focus of that model is great content, lots of eyeballs, lots of readers, organic growth, social mm-hmm. sharing, things like that. And then, yes, we're going to sell some products too. You know, and then on the other end maybe, yeah, you're just creating one top of the funnel piece, one middle of the funnel piece, one conversion piece, and, and then you're pushing mm-hmm. traffic there or, or maybe someone's going to be kind of somewhere in between. And so I, I love that there's flexibility there. I, I really think the key in content marketing from my perspective is just thinking it through like, what, what are we good at? What are we able to accomplish? What does our market want? You know, what are they what questions do they have in there at the top of the funnel, things like that. Right. Um, and so so having this you, I know you frame it as like a content lifecycle strategy mm-hmm. rather than just, hey, I'm gonna spit out some some blogs. So <sighs>
1: Yeah, and and so I'm I'm a big fan. I mean, like of of especially for a small uh for for a small merchant um or or someone that just wants to dip their toe into into this content marketing is is create one piece, create one piece at each of the stages that we're going to talk about today, uh, rather than trying to go crazy with it and and then buy that traffic, like run that traffic into your, like we're huge fans here at Digital Marketer of run of buying traffic to content. Um, because it's a great way to raise awareness. It's a great way uh, to set uh, to set up and, and build uh, an email list, uh, a retargeting list uh, that we can use in um, in our retargeting, our ad retargeting efforts. Uh, so rather than rather than uh, sort of hanging this albatross over your your your, your neck and saying, okay, like we're going to start doing content marketing, that means we need to hire a managing editor. And we need to blow this up and we're going to start doing three to five pieces a week and all this stuff. Rather than that, start thinking through the process we'll talk about today and, and think about what is one piece that you could produce at each of these stages and start the process. And then as you start to get the hang of it, then you start you know, creating more and more content because you realize – uh, where it needs to be created and how powerful it is once it is created.
0: Yeah. And and then you maybe get the hang of it and you say, Hey, this isn't all that bad. Like I don't mind creating these pieces. This, this can actually, this can actually work. And, and I love the, the concept. And I imagine there's probably people thinking pay to send someone to content, like pay to send someone to a blog or a video. Um, and yes, it can work. And so, you know, I'm a huge AdWords guy. We're as a company, we do a lot of business with AdWords. Um, you know, and so, so that's more of a bottom of the funnel thing, right? Like I'm searching for the specific product and then I'm going to click on a product listing ad or, or a text ad, but you know, and the, the CPCs there are going up and they're relatively expensive like that, that's good for bottom of the funnel stuff. But for top of funnel, you know, where you want to just get someone thinking about your brand and introduced, you know, you need, you need like a cheaper way to, to get them introduced and, and get them consuming content because they're not ready to buy. Um, so I, yeah, I, I love this strategy. Um, let, let's dig in just a little bit, Russ, and let's mm-hmm. talk about top of the funnel, All right, So this awareness right. stage. So right. I'm thinking about, okay, I, I sell shoes or I, I sell camping gear. So now what what should be my goal at the top of the funnel and what types of pieces might I create?
1: So your goal at the top of the funnel is, is literally to take the universe of people that have no idea who you are and introduce them to, to your brand. So, um, and or to your to your brand, your solutions, your people, whatever it is that you're, whatever it is that you're selling, your products, right? And and you know, for most of us, the vast majority of the people on the planet don't know who we are. So this is your widest part of your funnel, right? This is your most. This is how you bring new blood into your into your business. So what you want to look for um, up here at the top of the funnel is you want to start thinking about. What is it that I'm ultimately going to sell right that you know, and, and when you when you think through your process this way rather than just sort of creating content that really doesn't do anything for your business um, you'll you'll be able to zero in like if we go if we go with this concept of we're gonna create one piece at the top of the funnel and let's take the example of the shoes that you mentioned. So let's say I sell, Uh, marathon running shoes. Okay. So very specific product. And I want to sell more of these marathon running shoes. All right. So what you want to do is you want to ask yourself a series of questions. So question one, what do I need my prospect to believe in order to buy these marathon running shoes? Right. So if you, if you literally ask yourself, what do I, what do I need my prospect to believe in order to buy, you know, insert, your product there. Well, in order to buy marathon running shoes, I need someone to believe they can run a marathon, right? So it's a great top of funnel piece to create. Um, so something like, uh, how to complete your first marathon, even if you've never run a single mile, it's a great headline for a blog post you can create at the top of the funnel and then literally buy traffic to that, to people that are showing interest in, um, whether, it, you know, whether it's on, uh, on Facebook or or AdWords or however it is that you you buy traffic, go out there and buy traffic. Um, for people that are looking that are responding to something like how to complete your first marathon, even if you've never run a single mile. And then you literally are gonna create a a piece that that talks about how to complete a marathon when you're a beginner, right? Because it's exactly where somebody's gonna be right before they're gonna buy. Uh, a pair of marathon running shoes. Second question, what objections does someone have to buying your product? Right. So what if somebody said, well, you know, I don't, I'm thinking about running a marathon, but I literally don't think I have the time to train for it. Right. So I don't need your product. So you need to, you know, think about those kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things that are troubling your prospective buyer. So a great top of funnel piece here uh, might have a headline like how three serial marathon runners train with just five hours a week so you can see how we are are overcoming the objection with an article uh, that's a
0: a killer headline too by the way i love it
1: yeah i mean if you were thinking about running a marathon even if even if you did feel like you had all the time in the world you would probably want to read that article how how three serial marathon runners Train with just five hours a week. That that constraint of of training time uh, is a great hook for this post, and, and something that would overcome the objection. Remember, the question you're asking is: I sell X. Why do people not buy X? And, you know, I'm able to sell X to these people, but I'm not able to sell it to them. Why are they not buying? And it's like, well, I'm not buying because I don't. You know, I'm not going to run a marathon. Well, why aren't you going to run a marathon? Well, I just don't have time. I don't have time to train for it. Okay, well let me you know, let me have a look at this piece, right? So this piece will help overcome that objection. Question number 3. What are they thinking about, worried about or researching before they would buy your product, right? So right before they're going to buy your product, what are they what are they thinking about? What are they worried about? What are they researching? What kinds of things cuz these kinds of things manifest themselves into online behavior, right? Whether it's search or the things that we like, and Facebook starts to learn that you're you're researching and, and thinking about and becoming interested in in something. So, what you know for for someone selling marathon sh- running shoes, it might be uh, people are looking for what equipment they're going to need, right? So that's a great setup for to sell them shoes and anything else that you sell uh, to that to that market. So uh, a piece of content like the marathon runner's equipment checklist, right? Great, great piece. Great. great piece to to create. You know, REI does this great. It Does this well with just about every category of products that they sell. Um, they have an entire checklist. Um, so, for example, REI has uh, the mountain bikers checklist, right? And it goes through all the different things you need to go mountain biking. Um, it's free and ungated on their website, and and, and lets people that are sort of milling around the idea of getting started in mountain biking, which is when you're going to buy a ton of equipment, right? You know, when you're just getting into mountain biking, ask me, now, ask me how I know, Brett, um, you're going to <laughs> so buy there's a, a story there. stuff. <laughs> story yeah, that your I mean, wife does not enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Because it's all kind of just sitting in the garage now. But, right. you know, it's like, it's like when people, when you, you want to be thinking about, you know, what are the kinds of things people are thinking about, worried about researching? These are the, this is right when you want to enter the, into the conversation, right? is right when they're thinking about researching, they're talking about these things. They're like, huh, I wonder what I'm going to need if I'm going to go mountain biking or, or if I'm going to go run a marathon or if I'm going to become a Thai, you know, start cooking Thai food or whatever it is that, that surrounds the products that you sell, um, Everybody needs to believe, you know, certain things. I might need if I sell uh, equipment to people that, that that cook Thai food. I might need them to believe that Thai food is healthy, or that it tastes good, or you know. So go through those things. What do you need them to believe? What objections do they have to buying? And what are they thinking about, worried about, researching things like that? Answer those questions, and you'll find your top of funnel pieces. Yeah, just sitting there staring you in the face. They're just going to need a good headline. Uh, and for that you can uh, just you know Google around on some headline swipe files and, and write a good, solid headline and a great article, something better than anything else out there. or you know, forget the the article. Do a podcast if you're uh, if you're you're so inclined, Do a video, right? Do an infographic. Do something to create something really outstanding at the top of the funnel that either uh, gets someone to understand and believe something, gets them to overcome an objection to, to buying your product or, uh, sort of meets them right in the middle of a conversation they're already having about, uh, about, uh, whatever it is that you sell.
0: Yeah. And that's such a better starting point looking at, okay, which of these paths we need to go is it the belief, is it the objections, is it the, you know, what they're researching and what they need that, that's such a better path to go than, okay, like we want to sell some more shoes. So, Hey, go spit out a blog, go write a blog for me. You know, I don't care what it is. Just blog, blog that sells shoes, go do it you know, that, that's a really hard place to start from. When you're saying, okay, let's answer these questions, the questions that are already our prospects are already asking, people are already thinking, let's, let's answer those questions and then let's drive traffic to it. Do you have any insights? I love how you talked about different formats. You know, if you're a great writer, write a blog. You know, if you're better on camera, do a quick video or, or do a podcast like we're doing here. Um, any, any advice on how you choose the format of the content? I know it's, it doesn't really matter, but do you have any advice there?
1: Uh, just do what you're good at. You know, it, I mean, most for most people, if they're not good at writing, then the next logical place to go is audio. Because, and you even talked about this earlier. You know, you were doing the the classy llama show, right? The the llama commerce show, and and that was a video podcast or a video a vodcast, right? Yep. And yep. those vodcasts or whatever you want to call them, those video podcasts, they're great, but they cause a lot. You know, they they cause your your the people that you're interviewing to have to go comb their hair and make sure they have a nice shirt on. Exactly. And th- there's a lot of extra stuff a lot of that goes into there media. for sure. There's a lot of friction and 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 with you know you even mentioned like with uh, the editing and things like that. Audio is really easy format to produce content, and you can get some really uh some really great content uh, uh, uh from audio. Uh, that you really just can't get from from text because there's no inflection in the voice. You can't hear the, you know, just how excited everybody is about it, any one thing. So, um, for me, when you're getting started, choose from either writing because you're you're a strong writer, uh, or someone on your team is, or audio because it's just so dang easy. You know, people don't get talkers block; they get writers block. Yes. Right. Yes. So if you're excited about something, you can usually you know turn on a mic and talk about it. So it's a really great medium, um, uh, is audio, um, and and text is great as well. But if if you uh, my my default from text is audio. Yep,
0: yep, and, and and I love it. And I think you know even something simple uh, like doing an interview. You know, so if you're going through right. that checklist, you know you could even if you're the expert you want to be viewed as the expert on your team have someone else interview and you and just talk about what what is the checklist you go through before you run the marathon what are what are your must have items you know now that you've run multiple marathons or multiple triathlons or whatever you know what's your checklist and do that interview style and then as you do the interview then you can transcribe it and you can do the audio and you can do you know all those things um so but but i, I really believe though where a lot of people get stuck is with that first part of what what do I what do I talk about like what what do we do what does this piece look like so
1: yeah and I think I think you hit on the head with the, the whole path towards it right when you start with what you want to sell and work backwards towards your content you will you will literally hit the mark uh, a thousand times more than you would if you start with the content then try to jam your product onto the end of it so when you start with okay what am I selling here I'm selling I'm selling a, a walk right so that I can cook cook more Chinese or Thai food or whatever, right? Okay. Let's work backwards from there in order for somebody to buy this walk. Right. What do I need them to believe? What, what, what objections? Why would they not want to buy this walk? Right. What are, what are they thinking about as they're buying this walk? Because the thing is that you don't, you know, your business is not defined by the product you sell. That walk is not what your business, how you should be defining your business. It's really defining your business is defined by the market you serve, right? So it's, it's, I sell this walk, right? But that's the product, dude. Like, what is your business? And it's like, well, I, you know, so you can kind of fill in this sense it's like, our business exists to serve X, right? And so it might be foodies, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a foodie, right? I like to try to cook different types of food and stuff like that. So if you knew you were trying to reach me, um, with this walk, like try to think about like, what do I need you to believe in order to buy this thing? What, you know, what that maybe you need, maybe you need me to believe that, you know, um, Thai food is easy to cook. Like maybe you're trying to reach foodies who are slammed with time. That's a good description of me. So, you know, it's like, I want to cook really, really solid, great food, but I want to do it fast. Right. And it's like, Oh, man, like let me just show you with this uh, blog post like how to cook uh, delicious Thai food in 15 minutes or less, right? Yeah. I would respond to that article, right? And so you know, you need me to believe that I, you can make help me cook really, really great food with this product and do it with speed, right? That's the, that's the hook that's going to grab me and make me aware uh, yeah. at the top of the funnel.
0: Love it. Love it. So top of the funnel. That's clear. I'm totally digging that. Let's talk about middle of the funnel. So this is you you call the evaluation phase. So someone's in in the middle of the funnel. What might those pieces need to accomplish? What's what's the goal of the middle of the funnel?
1: Well, so in the middle of the funnel, your customer has moved beyond like, well, okay. So I know that uh, Nordstrom sells suits now. All right. I always thought, I always thought all they sold was some, you know, business business casual, or maybe I thought they were just for women or whatever. So uh, let's say, let's say when you take the example of Nordstrom and I say, um, we're at Nordstrom, we want to sell more suits, right? What would, what, what could we create in the middle of the funnel that would facilitate evaluation? Like how do I, how do I help somebody make a more informed decision about whether or not they want to buy a suit at all and whether or not they want to buy a suit from us? Um, Nordstrom does some fantastic content in the middle of the funnel in the suit in the suit uh, area. Like so, you know, if you've got a- access to a computer while you're listening to this, or if you don't remember this, I mean, they, you know, you can go on onto Nordstrom.com and, and start browsing around in their men's suit area. You'll find that they have pages like "Find Your Fit," right? And the "Find Your Fit" page it, it helps you find the the right fit suit for you, right? Should you, should you wear a classic fit suit? Should you wear a trim fit? Should you wear, um, uh, what's, what's the other one? Uh, An extra trim, right? So, and it shows you pictures of what, what a classic fit looks like and and what a, what a trim fit looks like and what an extra trim looks like. And it helps you, it helps you understand the size suit that, that you might. Need and these are this this is kind of content like when you start getting into the middle and the bottom of the funnel the types of content that you produce here are are what I call money content right this is this is content that's getting close to the sale right like I would much rather have uh, a visit to this find your fit suit page than a page about um, for example you know Nordstrom has a has an article about. Um, James Bond and how he wears custom suits and right, all of this right. stuff on their blog, right? Super top of funnel, probably not even necessary. Probably some writer sitting around going like, wow, what am I going to write about today?" Let's <laughs> write. Let's write about James exactly, Bond. Exactly, for God's yep. sake, right? So they're trying to figure something out. I would much rather have a visit to a middle of funnel piece where somebody's trying to figure out the right suit fit than I would ever want uh a 1000 visits to that blog post about about James Bond. So one of the things to keep in mind as we go through these different stages of the funnel is to start at the bottom, right? Start closest to the sale. Uh and build your content there and then build out towards the top of the funnel, right? So a lot of people will say, well, yeah, let's do some content marketing. Uh let's start with creating this great blog. And it's like, no, like let's not start there. Let's start by helping people decide what type of suit to buy because that's much, much, much closer and it's right there in that that sweet spot of the evaluation stage where somebody's about ready to convert, um, and uh, they need some they need some content there to help them. Uh, we talked about REI uh, earlier, so uh, REI does the same kind of thing. Where they will, uh, they'll they'll provide things like uh, checklists at 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 the middle of the funnel and every little detail that will help you decide on the on the equipment you need to mountain bike, the type of mountain bike that you should produce or that you should purchase based on your the size of your body and the and and the goals that you have and the trails that you will ride on. So, these kinds of p- pieces uh, that you produce are. Are much more valuable than anything you might produce at the top of the funnel, um, to you know, especially if you have existing demand for your products and services. You should definitely start at the bottom or somewhere in the middle of the funnel uh, with your with your content marketing.
0: Yeah, I love it. It totally makes sense. And and so uh, this is where things like charts and comparison guides and maybe even like quizzes and interactive content where where this can really be a good fit right like so take this short quiz to see what type of suit jacket is going to fit you the best that that right. type of content
1: yeah i mean you know so so rei you know has a has a has a page called mountain bike features and it's just goes through all the different suspension types. And I mean, it goes through literally more detail than you would ever think. And you think, well, who's going to read all this stuff about all these different features of a mountain bike. And it's like, well, I'll tell you who's going to read it is the person that's about ready to buy a mountain bike. Yep. You know, someone in
0: that evaluation phase and they're, they're really getting ready to pull out the wallet. they're, they're going to read it. You bet.
1: Exactly. They're going to read every inch of it because they're trying to find, figure out the exact they want to make an informed purchase decision and that's what you have to realize is that any place that you've created black boxes um around your marketing where people don't know your pricing model or your shipping model like you guys know this uh, if you've been in e-com any any period of time you know that the more transparent that you are and the earlier you are that you do that the higher your conversion rates are that people don't like mystery um, or confusion right so any place you've got black boxes you need to use content to remove those black boxes let people peek inside and see like what are the different suspension types of mountain bikes right educate me on that so I can make a, a an informed purchase decision and the more of that kind of content that you produce and, and add to your ecom store um, the higher your conversion rates are going to be and especially if you make it, your 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 UX, like the the cross linking and things, in a way so that people can logically find information about to make informed purchase decisions about whatever it is that you sell, right? So you do have you can't hide it either, right? You gotta have it. You gotta have your navigation set up. Um, you know, do some basic search engine optimization and things like that. Have search functionality on your site. All those basic things for for user experience. So that people can find this great stuff. But once you have that knocked down, then it just comes a, a matter of okay, where's the next black box? Let's let's create a page about that. You know, I love it. I love that approach so much.
0: Uh, anything you would add on the bottom of the funnel? So we've gone from awareness to evaluation to conversion. And I know a few of the pieces we've talked about just now can actually fit uh, potentially in that conversion window as well. Yeah. But but what bottom of the funnel recommendations would you make? I mean, obviously the goal is Let's buy, you know, buy, buy this thing, give it, a, give it a go.
1: Um, well, I mean, anything, things at the bottom of the funnel is point of purchase. So it's right there. It's like, I'm about ready to, to press, you know, the, the, the purchase button and believe it or not, it's content that, that, that can can increase that conversion rate. What is your shipping policy? Do you have a, you know, is it clearly, um, you know, so Brett, I, I, I bought, uh, some, some tea some very expensive tea for some people that I work with uh, two days ago. And I was trying to buy it from their website because I like to do that if I can. But instead, I ended up having to go to Amazon to buy it. And it was marked up considerably. But the difference between Amazon and their site was I just couldn't figure out exactly what their shipping policy was. Mm. And so I literally just was like, okay, I'm defaulting to Amazon because I understand their shipping policies. Like I, they clearly – and so they, they, they didn't they failed to they failed to get that sale through their website and have to you know pay whatever Amazon is you know taking from them because they just didn't uh, open that black box for me. I, I literally looked around for a while and I was like, okay, I'm going over to Amazon where I know how this works. And so things at the bottom of the funnel like if I'm selling mountain bikes, um, people might want to know how much they weigh, right So if you don't have that piece of content, on your product detail page, right? Where it's like, what are the different features that someone might want to know about this product? You've got to have every single one of those uh, outlined. And so you sit down and think, what are the different objections that, that we might get here at the bottom? Like, what are the black boxes? You know, how tall is, it? how big are the wheels? Um, how much does it weigh? What kind of pedals does it have? How many pictures do you have? All of these things in my mind or content marketing, they are all content that is used to move people from awareness through evaluation. And then at that point of sale, it might be okay. Like, um, what is the shipping policy? What is the return policy? What is, uh, what is the guarantee? What is, you know, what are these different things that you need to produce the assets you need to produce to actually, um, get them to press that buy button, you know, yeah. and,
0: yeah, and, and I think another way to look at it and, you know, what what if that person, the seller of fine teas, could realize that, oh, man, if we just put that information there, here was somebody who wanted to buy from me and not mm-hmm. Amazon because he knows how it works and he wants to support the business a little more directly. And I lost it because I didn't have – because I had this black box in there of, of what is the the shipping policy. And so, you know, I think even just thinking through the the – what are the sticking points that could cause someone to bail – and go to yep. Amazon rather than buying directly <laughs> from me, and so then what's the content that surrounds that? You know, some people might label this conversion optimization, and, and I think that would be appropriate, but it all does go back to content marketing. I really think the way you frame content marketing, this discussion, as people hear that, as merchants hear that, they say yes, like I get that. That's what I want to do. You know, I want I want to sell stuff, and this is this is the approach to take, um, to use content to get someone closer to the the funnel. Um. You mentioned a, a, several great examples from REI to to Nordstrom. Um, other people that you pay attention to, like other e-commerce companies, that you, you feel like do a great job with content marketing. Just any that we should kind of keep our eyes on.
1: Um, I think I think Kate Spade does a great uh, a, a great work. I think Casper Mattress does a great does great work. Um, I think Home Depot does and Lowe's, both of them uh, do fantastic content marketing, Um, especially that that top of funnel stuff. It just works so well for them to to, you know, I I can't tell you how many times I've watched a Lowe's or Home Depot commercial as I'm using the products that I've bought from them to, you know, (laughs) you know, install a faucet or, you know, you know, all of these things what they're doing, what they're doing is, you know, you go on YouTube and you look, you know, how to install a faucet and you find this video from Lowe's. And of course, you know, then you go and you buy and you buy from Lowe's, but, um, really any of the top, uh, e-tailers, if you look and watch and watch what they're doing, particularly in the middle and the bottom of the funnel, I don't, you know, take Casper mattress, for example, they have a blog called Van Winkle's Uh, vanwinkles.com or it's vanwinklesblog.com or something like that they literally want to own the word sleep right in your in in, in the on the earth right they want to own the entire everybody when you say sleep you think casper mattress well this is super 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 top of funnel uh content right when you're talking to me about you know the caffeine content in different types of beverages and stuff like that. So far, you know, it's it's tippy top of funnel if it's not even just outside of the funnel, right, of, of the mattress funnel. And I and I I don't uh, criticize them for creating something like Van Winkle's blog. But for those of us that are getting started in content marketing, that is not where you start. You know, don't go out there and try to sell if you're selling mattresses. And start talking to people about the caffeine content of different beverages. Instead, go down to the bottom of that funnel and figure out what are the questions people are asking that are causing them to bail, as as Brett was talking about. Um, yeah. How can you compare your mattress against um, Serta or uh, you know any of the any of the competitors that people are searching for? How can you create content that overcomes objections at in the middle and the bottom? So. Before you go building out a blog strategy, instead, fix fix the content marketing stuff at the bottom um, and in the middle. Create the pages, those money pages that we talked about that people need to see in order to move to move forward. Yeah,
0: it's fantastic. I completely, completely agree. Uh, another company that's just been on my radar a little bit and it's been showing up in my news feed on Facebook a lot. Uh, but that's Tushy, the uh, the bidet oh. company. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. do a fantastic job. Those videos are great. Like they're they're um, I don't know you, for whatever reason you just feel like you have to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're answering those questions like why would I do a bidet? Isn't that weird? Like isn't that just isn't you know I think there's just so many questions around
1: buying a bidet, right? But this mm-hmm.
0: have you have you seen Tushy? Have you seen? their facebook presence or the videos they post on facebook.
1: i haven't seen it but i'll tell you like companies like uh pooperi yep, and yep. chubbies and you know a lot of these companies that that have you know essentially what what amounts to um, i mean if they're selling bidets they've got they've got quite quite the undertaking they've got to overcome a lot of objections to that right uh, in this country so um, I can see, and, and I look forward to, to looking into it, you know, the, the, the power of content marketing to, to help them move that forward.
0: Yep. Yep. And then, yeah, you know, so I think part of their video strategy is, you know, it's easy to just have this mount on thing. So it's easy to put on and. Like normal people are using it, right? Like that's another thing. I think social proof is important in every environment, maybe in this too, where it's like, oh, isn't that just weird? Like why would I do that? But, oh, these normal people are doing it, and this is what they're saying in their response to using it and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, they're they're a great one to to pay attention to. Uh, Well, Russ, how can someone connect to you? Because, I mean, you're always putting out awesome stuff with Digital Marketer and the crew. And so if someone wants to follow – you individually on Twitter or whatever, how can they follow you? And then where can they check out some of your best writing and some of your best stuff?
1: So digitalmarketer.com is the best place to go. We've got digital uh, digitalmarketer.com slash blog. If you're a podcast listener, uh, check out Perpetual Traffic with Molly Pittman, uh, Keith Krantz, and Ralph Burns. They just crush it talking about uh, some of the best – it's the best traffic podcast um in it really, it really it's fantastic very good um but yeah check out digitalmarketer.com/blog if you want to connect with me the best place to do that's on linkedin i pretty much accept anybody's invitation there nice. um and uh, yeah you you can you can find my best writing right now on digitalmarketer.com/blog sweet and uh, depending on when you listen to this traffic and conversion summit is
0: likely yeah. right around the corner you yep. play a big part in curating that and putting together uh, the line of speakers, which I'm excited to say that I will be uh, one of the speakers this this coming year, which will be great. And uh, so in, any, any quick plug for Traffic and Conversion for the folks out there?
1: Well, so this year, you know, Traffic and Conversion Summit is known for taking even the saltiest of digital marketing veterans and blowing their minds with very tactical stuff. That's why we're putting people like Brett on stage because they, you know, Brett's going to go up there and talk about what's working right now. Um, and even even the the most uh veteran marketers uh, come out to TNC to 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 hear it from people that are in the trenches doing this work. But the good news is if you're kind of a new uh n- newcomer to to digital strategy and need a good foundation, we have a an entire track this year called getting started. And uh, so uh, whether it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a grizzled veteran with the scars to prove it, or if you're just getting started and need a solid foundation in digital, uh, traffic and conversion summit is the place to be.
0: Absolutely. 100% agree. will blow your mind. <laughs> Great networking. Just awesome to check that out. So yep. Russ, man, thank you so much. This has been Fantastic. Uh, even better than I expected. love content marketing, but I think you framed it well, put it in in terms and in a format where people can execute this and and they can use it to move the needle in their e-commerce business. So thanks again, man. We'll have to do this again soon.
1: Thanks for having me, Brett. It was fun.
0: Yep, absolutely. As always, let us know what you'd like to hear more of. We would love your feedback. Uh, We'd love a review in iTunes. That helps other people discover this podcast and enjoy the goodness that is in it. And with that, we'd like to say, keep growing. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our Pmax checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com And click on let's talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.